Come Holy Spirit, come back into the powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, and of the Spouse, and of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <clears throat> Today we celebrate the of the Church, the great feast of Pentecost, 50 days after Jesus rose from the dead, 10 days after he ascended to heaven. The Father and Jesus sent the Holy Spirit on the apostles were gathered in that upper room in the synagogue where Jesus had celebrated that last supper with his apostles. And at Pentecost, the Blessed Virgin Mary was there as well. We say the church was conceived by Christ after he died on the cross, when his side and heart were pierced with the lad's blood and water flowed forth. The signs of the whole sacrament life of the church, especially baptism of the water and the Eucharist by his blood. And the fathers of the church, the saints of antiquity, they see a relation between Adam, the first Adam, and Christ, who is the new Adam. Just as Eve, Adam's bride, was brought forth from the side of Adam after God cast Adam into a deep sleep, so also the church, which is the bride of Christ, was brought forth from Christ's side as he lay in the sleep of death, and his side was pierced by the centurion's lance. But we say the church was born on Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came upon Our Lady and through her to the apostles. See, the mission of Jesus, the Son, was to redeem us, he did that on the cross, and this was to redeem, to bring back that share of God's divine life, the sanctifying grace that Adam had lost through that original sin. And the Holy Spirit was sent by the Father and the Son to complete that work of Christ by applying the graces that he merited on the cross to the members of the church. Christ's mystical body in order to conform us to Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit does this as our catechism teaches through the Blessed Virgin Mary. See, the Holy Spirit uses Mary as his living human instrument. She did so in the Incarnation when Mary conceived through the power of the Holy Spirit the Word made flesh in her womb. Jesus is the head of the mystical body and Mary the mother. Mary is not only the mother of the head, but she's mother of the members of the mystical body. That's all of us. And the Holy Spirit uses Mary, her prayers, her intercessions in heaven, in order to form the members of Christ's mystical body, us, into Christ, into her Son, and form Christ in us. The Holy Spirit is the most mysterious member or person of the Trinity. And why is this? Well, I think it's because conceptually we have a hard time picturing in our minds the Holy Spirit as a person. God the Father, you can picture the Father. Jesus is even easier. He's the Word made flesh. But the Holy Spirit is just more of a mystery in this regard. And even the scriptures, they, they us hints of who he is, but he's represented symbolically the 
dove that came upon Jesus at his baptism in the Jordan, the cloud that, that overshadowed Jesus and um, Moses and Elijah at the Transfiguration, uh, the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary, she conceived by the Holy Spirit, Jesus at the Incarnation, and at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit comes in two visible ways. One, as, as a wind, and even those who were gathered outside of the cenacle, the Jews, because it was their Pentecost too, the Jewish feast of Pentecost, 50 days after Passover, they were celebrating. And <clears throat> they heard this wind in, in the Hebrews, ruah, the breath of God. And we see a reference to this in, in the same Gospel of John, that today, but when Jesus, on that first Easter Sunday, he appears to his apostles in the evening, and he breathes on them, breath, the Holy Spirit, and gives them the power through the Spirit to forgive sins in his name, as they are his priests. And on Pentecost, the Holy Spirit also appeared as tongues of fire, that's why red is the color for this liturgical feast. That tongues of fire over the heads of the apostles symbolized their burning zeal that they would have to go and proclaim to the world the good news of Christ, the gospel, and to complete in themselves what had been begun at their baptism, to fill them and confirm them, to strengthen them in the gifts and the graces of the Holy Spirit so that they would be able to go out and be witnesses to Jesus Christ even to the point of shedding their blood, which almost all the apostles did except John. And Pentecost is the basis for a sacrament, the sacrament of confirmation. I like to call it our own personal Pentecost, and we receive a strengthening in those gifts and graces that we receive in baptism in order to give witness to Jesus Christ. Witness comes from the Greek word martyrium, which is unfamiliar, we get the word martyr from that means witness, and um, why is it that from the very beginning of the church, Christians have actually given that supreme witness, shedding their blood for Christ? Why has this happened? Well, uh, it's because the gospel, the teaching of Jesus, is always countercultural. Uh, it goes against the prevailing thoughts and practices of society. Just look around us today, we can see this, it's so evident. And, well, I'd say that the reason for this is that people who are, are not living good, moral, upright lives do not like to hear the truth preached. There's an old saying, only the truth hurts. Well, people resent the truth being preached, and as a result, will persecute Christians. They've done so throughout the history of the church. Jesus says, you know, I am the way, the truth, life. He is truth incarnate, truth enfleshed. And <clears throat> what did they do to Jesus? Well, they crucified him. He spoke the truth to people. People didn't want to hear the truth. They still don't. That's human nature. Until we convert them. At the Last Supper, Jesus promised to send upon his apostles the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you in all truth. That's what he told them. That's one of the reasons the Holy Spirit came upon the church. And the church is intended by God to be the light of the world. It is here, it is for this reason, um, 
that the church exists to proclaim Christ's truth gently and charitably, but firmly, clearly, and courageously. I always tell the students preparing for confirmation that, that you have to be prepared to be a martyr. This is the sacrament of martyrdom. I still that thought from Father John Harden, the greatest Catholic of the last century. And you know, Jesus said, if they persecuted me, they will persecute you. If they hated me, they will hate you. We have to be ready for that, but still proclaim the truth as Christ wants us to do so, to be witnesses for him. And as members of the church, we must evangelize the full truth of Jesus Christ. And the truth is beautiful. Uh, if people have an open heart, they will see the beauty of, of the truth of Christ, because that's principally who we preach as a person that we preach, it's Jesus Christ. We have to call upon the Holy Spirit to help us to do this. A couple of years ago, Pope Francis, speaking right around Pentecost, uh, said, us, let us ask ourselves, am I open to the action of the Holy Spirit? Do I pray to the Holy Spirit to give me light, to make me more sensitive to the things of God? This is a prayer we must make every day. Holy Spirit, make my heart open to the Word of God, that my heart may be open to good, that my heart may be open to the beauty of God every day. Do we pray to the Holy Spirit every day? We should so that the Holy Spirit can open our hearts to Jesus. And in praying to the Holy Spirit, we have to remember that He's a person. The Holy Spirit isn't some personal force out there. No, the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. And we have to develop a personal relationship to the Holy Spirit. How do you do that? Talk to Him. Okay? Address Him as the Holy Spirit. I'll, I'll end today by quoting little prayer composed by Joseph Cardinal Mercier. He was the Cardinal Primate of Belgium a hundred years ago. And about this time, a hundred years ago, he composed a prayer to the Holy Spirit. It goes like this. O Holy Spirit, beloved of my soul, I adore you. Enlighten me, guide me, strengthen me, console me. Tell me what I should do. Give me your orders. I promise to submit myself to all that you desire of me, and accept all that you permit to happen to me. Let me only know your will. Cardinal Mercier says, a little appendage to this prayer, if you pray this prayer daily, your life will flow along happily, serenely, full of consolation, even in the midst of trials, because we have to expect trials. Grace will be proportioned to the trial, giving you strength to carry it. And you will arrive at the gate of paradise, laden with merit. The submission to the Holy Spirit is the secret of sanctity. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.